Actually, you know what? I'm cracking a beer. Give me a second. Oh, all right, everyone. <laughs> everyone, hold off. Hold up. <laughs> <laughs> It is that time while Fitzy is cracking a beer open. We're going to kick this thing off. It is just after 9 o'clock, and it is, well, like I said, it's that time. Uh, hello and welcome to U.S. Rugby Happy Hour Live. Thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, Happy Hour Live brings you interviews of some of the biggest names in the U.S. rugby scene. And tonight really doesn't get much bigger than that. I mean, it's U.S. Eagles captain Bryce Campbell is joining us, so stay tuned for that. If you're not already following us, please do so at Eagles Overseas and Rugby Morning to get updates on future shows and news about USA Rugby, Major League Rugby, and more. Also, if you are listening in live on Facebook or YouTube, you can leave comments or questions in those chats or join us over here on Twitter Spaces on the mobile app. You can even ask your own question of our guests live. I'm Bill Baker of Eagles Overseas, and with me is Rugby Morning's John Fitzpatrick. Hey, Fitzy. Hey Bill, what's going on? Uh, you ready to do this thing? Uh, nah, let's let's just do another day. <laughs> <laughs> of course, man, this is gonna be fun. Uh, what'd you crack open? Gotta ask him. It's so funny. I joke around with my wife. We uh, we had a big St. Patrick's Day party every year. It's kind of a tradition, and I am I'm just about done. I'm down to about five or six Guinnesses from two months ago. <laughs> so I'm drinking a, a Guinness Extra Stout. <laughs> nice, nice. That's not bad. Those are lower in calorie. They're good for you or something like that. Exactly. That's what I said. That's what I told my doctor. <laughs> nice. So you were just on a, uh, you were finishing up a call uh, on a, for a youth rugby program. Are you coaching? Yes. I've been, I've been voluntary coaching uh, the Washington, D.C. youth rugby program after the last three summers. Uh, my oldest son, who's seven, and my daughter, who's nice. five, playing it. So it's, um, it's a little bit of organized chaos, like turning tax <laughs> for kids who are six or seven and under, but it's a lot of fun. <laughs> Uh, all right, before we get on to our guest here, though, we got to talk about one thing. Uh, New England, D.C. last weekend, I, I had to watch it the next morning, but yeah. I, I could kind of tell the way the match was going because you weren't texting me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was um, – I had a rough that, – that day was interesting. I had a, my son's baseball game we helped coach, got rescheduled. It was supposed to be on Saturday. got rained out, got pushed to Sunday. So I finished that game up, had to watch the first 40 minutes on the phone as I walked our youngest to get him to fall asleep in the stroller. Nice. Um, and then I sat down at a park bench but then got yelled at by people because apparently you're not allowed to curse at that park. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> So I was like, you know what, I'm going home. <laughs> At that park. It's a different park for that. <laughs> yeah, it was just a, a, a bougie park there in D.C. They basically kicked me out. So Yeah, 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 uh, yeah deservedly so. Uh, <laughs> speaking of New England and uh, a previous teammate of our guest today, uh, James Hildebrand. Cecil has joined the, the club. I'm pumped about that. And uh, I don't know, you, you saw it. I called it last year when I interviewed him. You kind of were him hawing about it. <laughs> I got to give you full credit. One, I'm excited that James is, is an MOR. Yeah. And I think I tweeted out earlier, the Free Jacks have so many colorful personalities. You know, why not add another character to the mix? But good for James to come come, come stateside and play an MOR. It'll be a fun addition. Yeah, ho- hopefully no antics like feeding mud pies to <laughs> other teams or grass, whatever it was. <laughs> That's nothing. That's tame. Uh, and last thing, I actually want to ask a guest later about this when we get uh, later. But in Bill, the show. But yeah. Bill, if it, if it, if it gets if it gets us on Sports Center, much like Bryce who was on Sports Center a couple of years ago, I'm all for I'm all for MLR and rugby players getting on Sports Center. No such thing as bad PR, right? That's right. <laughs> <laughs> and lastly, I definitely want to ask him later about a bit of the USA squad, a little bit because we got some serious stuff to really talk about before we get that, which is serious, of course. But I'm pumped about um, Ben Landry back in the mix. 
Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, saw that. I was, yeah. I mean, he's always been a stud. I guess he's been um, opt injured possibly over the past couple of years, but it's good to see him back. He briefly spent a little time with the Free Jacks and then now with Seattle, actually, on, obviously uh, playing really well. Playing really well. And I think it, it lends um, a lot. I think it's a lot of people that we've been chatting with in and outside of USA Rugby seem to really like the direction that Scott Lawrence is building and the people he's getting involved. So why not bring back a guy like Ben, if he can still play and got a great yeah. veteran presence. So, um, yeah, I'm excited to see what's going to happen over these next couple of years. I'm optimistic. Oh, of course I am Fire too. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. I think, uh, let's get to probably the most optimistic person, uh, on that subject. Let's go right. Let's get to our first guest. Um, waiting right here is Eagle number 497, Chicago hounds back and leader of the United States rugby player association, Bryce Campbell. Hey, Bryce. Hey guys, hey Bill, hey John, thanks for having me on. How are we doing? Good, man. How are you? Yeah, good, thanks. Enjoying yeah, it. How's, uh, sh- yeah? Enjoying it here in Chicago. Yeah, back in the Midwest. Yeah, yeah. How's the city treating you? you uh, in, in, have you spent much time in Chicago prior to your time with, with the Hounds? Uh, a handful of times. You know, I'm from Indianapolis, so um, it's oh, not yeah. too far away. Um, and then my wife, uh, her brother lives here in Chicago, in Lincoln Park, along with oh, his nice. wife. So, been, been, a handful of times love the city um it's incredible actually great sports town um great now that the weather is is turning a bit and yeah, you can't beat yeah. summer in chicago so yeah no kidding well well good thing you're not playing matches in the beginning of august though it gets a little, a little hot <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh but you've played you know, you played with usa at seat gig before so it's not that's not new to you mm-hmm. or maybe that one did you play in that one match against a maori was it i did back in 2016 that was yeah. my it was toyota park at the time um, oh right the name changed the stadium but yeah that was my first game in an eagles jersey um that game i i was Damn, I was there. It wasn't well, it wasn't the most enjoyable match for you guys, but uh, it's still always a tough matchup against Maori. Yeah. So, uh, but that now is your home, as in Seek Geek. Um, so let's just briefly talk about Chicago Hounds. Um, you know, not the season you guys are hoping for. Brand new team, um, but the team's been competitive in just about every match. You know, unlucky in a few, including last weekend's uh, match against New York. So. You know, going into the season, what was the initial goal? Um, you know, was it to be competitive every match, or was it much more than that? The goal at the start of the season was much more. It was to win, win yeah. the win the shield and bring that to Chicago. Mm-hmm. Um, we we were confident that we could go out and we could do that. And um, sometimes things just don't go to plan. Um, as the season's gone on, it's been more about focusing week to week. What can we get better at? What are areas of weakness? Um, how can we just come come back better the next week? And we definitely did that leading into last weekend against New York. Um, unfortunately, just, just missed it at, at the end. But I'm confident this group moving forward is going to do some really great things. Um, it's just that sometimes we have tough years, and this competition is, is no joke. All the teams have gotten better. Um, and yeah. Coming in on, on late notice uh, proved to be more of a struggle than we thought it would be. Um, but you know that's sport, and uh, we're here to compete. So, yeah, I, I think it's caught a few people by surprise. I think I was one of them. Where you look at the amount of the talent, like yourself and Luke and everybody, you know, it's it, Billy Meeks is back and that kind of thing. And um, uh, you know, these, these are my words, not anyone else's. But it seems to be underperforming with that roster. Uh, and I don't mean that in a bad way. I mean, I just it's such a great uh, with such a great staff and roster. It just it still must be kind of. I know hard for you to handle, hard for the team really to take it. Yeah, it sure, it sure is. But you know, 
all you can do is go out and give your best. Yeah. And I think our group is doing that. So that's what we got to focus on. All right. So listen, let's, let's get into it. Let's get into uh, USRPA. Uh, we had Michael Young on, you know, the executive director of USRPA on the show and last November, right around the time of the MLR dispersal draft. So let's talk about that. You know, what can you tell us about your work with USRPA and, uh, you know, what made you get involved? Well, I got involved back when Blaine, Blaine Scully started the whole thing um, several years ago. Um, it was a, a great start and getting uh, voluntarily recognized by USA Rugby and you know, we've been collaborating with the union for um, a handful of years now. Um, so we've got a really, really strong relationship with with USA Rugby. Um, and then, you know, for the past three three years or so, we've we've gone to all the players of MLR, um, gotten the vast majority of that their support um, to unionize, and we've asked the league for voluntary recognition, and it's been shot down. Um, a couple of times so it's gotten to a point where you know we want to work with the league all the players are on board um, we want to grow this league um, we want it to be around for a long time and we think it's really important that the players have a voice and have a seat at the table um, so bringing it out into the public sphere is what we had to do um, and here we are um, we've got a, a group of really engaged players that um, just want better working conditions and they want this league to succeed and the only way that they can really have a say in that is to um be recognized as a union yeah bryce talking a little bit about the the mlr players let's call it unionization efforts has it been pretty broad support across the league have most players said yeah this is important this is something that i want to stand up for definitely um every team um all the guys are just asking how how do they get involved what do they have to do um, to help this cause? Um, yeah, we've got, you know, yeah, the vast majority of players, well over 75% of the players um, on board. And, um, you know, there is a bit of an education piece, um, you know, explaining to them how, how unions work in the sports world and, you know, how important this is in order to improve working conditions and, um, and just for, for, safety security and, and strength of the league yeah the uh i want to talk a little bit about the rugby union now campaign that came out it was last week got to, a lot of support um across social tell us a little bit more about the campaign and i guess maybe kind of like why it was created and, and what you hope to accomplish out of it mm-hmm. so it was just created to you know show the public and and the league that we have an engaged um engaged group of players one two that um there's a lot of people that care about this league that don't know what's going on um you know in other leagues and across you know the world and rugby and non-rugby sports all sports across the u.s and there's a real solidarity among playing groups regardless of what sports you play um and this is just to showcase how um you know there's things that are that that have happened that um as players aren't great but we see a future in this league and we want to work with the league. Um, and we hope that others support us in that effort. Yeah. And for those that don't know, and you may have mentioned that USRPA represents both the men and women's and 15s and sevens, the, the national programs. But what, um, you know, what I really noticed about the campaign, the rugby union now campaign is that 
it calls for an MLR, uh, I guess, volunteer, voluntary recognition from the MLR as the player's collective bargaining representative. What, what does voluntary recognition, what does that mean? It means that the league recognizes our union, uh, USRPA, as a union and as the collective bargaining agent for the players. I know I answered it by saying kind of what it is, but um, it just legitimizes the relationship and mm -hmm. um, creates a relationship that, um, you know, forces us in the league to bargain in good faith and work towards a collective bargaining agreement, um, just like all the other professional sports here in this country. Yeah. And then I got to imagine, sorry, Bill, real quickly, I got to imagine then, you know, that, the idea is right for the, these the unionization efforts to go forward for the MLR to recognize USRPA as the MLR players collective bargaining representative, which I imagine there's probably a roadmap down the line of setting up a you know kind of the for profit business of the of the group licensing right so we can actually start to see like player posters and jerseys and bobbleheads and all the things that fans expect and see when they look at other player associations and look at other leagues, all that kind of a incremental revenue that can be fueled or funneled together to the players to support their interests off the field so that they can really truly make a career right out of playing rugby in the U.S. That's exactly right. That's exactly right, Fitz. I know a little bit. I, I used to I used to work the NFLPA <laughs> and, and I did some stuff with the USRPA and the group licensing at the 2019 World Cup. So this is this is Thank kind you. of my passion myself. So uh, yeah. Thank you. <laughs> Wait, then, why did I write all the notes down? No, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so Bryce, great notes, Bill. I gotta say, your your notes have been fantastic. <laughs> You're really no, 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 Shh. we don't take notes. This is all off. The... <laughs> uh, so, so Bryce, let's let's again. Let, there were on the website and, and the press release, whatever that came out. Uh, there were three main pillars of safety, security, and strength. And I want to go through each three one at a time with you, mm -hmm. um, so you can just explain a little more for us. You know, and we'll start with safety. Uh, you know, what would the formation of the, the union do for safety of the game and players? And, and also, you know, like now, if a player gets injured, possibly even season ending. I mean, are they not getting the treatment covered through the teams or, or are we talking about extra on top of that? So it's it's a little bit hairy. So the league uses um, uses work, workers' compensation to deal with, mm. with all of those injuries. And, um, you know, some people think that workers' comp is healthcare, where it's, it's definitely not. Um, it addresses um, injuries that happen on the field, um, but there's a lot of, you know, wiggle room where it makes it tough for players to get the care that they need. Um, and a lot of mm -hmm. times um, players can't afford or, or don't know the way around um, getting adequate health care. And then it, it just creates tough situations where, mm -hmm. you know, players are on the end for pretty heavy uh, hospital bills. And um, especially right. for international players that don't really understand the in, the way health insurance works here. Um they get caught in, in the middle of it and don't really understand what's going on. Right. Um, but yeah, so the health, the healthcare is the probably the biggest piece of, of the safety, but also um, the, the field conditions. Um, you know, we want standardized uh, fields to play on across the league. Mm -hmm. um, you know, some, some venues are, are a lot better than others, but uh, I think we all think that there should be a, a minimum standard in that area. Uh, not just, 
for games, but for practice as well, because uh, we spend, you know, a couple hours a week playing games, but people forget that we spend probably 10, 15, 20 hours a week uh, on mm-hmm. the field actually practicing and, and running and hitting and doing everything that you would see on the field in the game. So, Bryce, are you saying, so, yeah, I don't know, and I know the Legion are now at Snapdragon Stadium, but the idea of playing atop a parking garage, that should not happen ever again, right? That's, yeah, you're right there. And, uh, you know, a lot of teams are doing a great job in this area, yeah, but yeah. Um, it should be something that's standardized across the whole league. Hmm. All right, let's talk security. You know, um, you quote, well, not you quoted, but the campaign's quoted as players deserve the ability to negotiate fair terms through the collective bargaining process. So let's talk about security. You know, why, uh, what, what does it look like? And also what do fair terms look like? Mm-hmm. So I, I don't want to get into the, the nitty gritty of the way the contracts are structured, mm-hmm. but um, with the wages that we know that uh, players are earning in this league um, to be able to just, you know, cut someone or move someone off across the country. That's, you know, probably got another job where, where they're playing. Mm. Um, they've got a family um, for the wages that we're talking about. It's uh, it's a tough ask um, to work under those conditions. Um, and, you know, there should, we believe there should be a, a free agency um, ability for, for players to, to negotiate with teams as they please when their contract has come to an end. But that's not the way that the league is structured at the moment. Um, essentially, the team who currently you know holds your contract um, holds that power over your your rights um, well past the date that your contract is done. Um, so there's just little nuances that you know as a player you just want to you want to play the game and, and do your best, but you need the freedom to to be able to apply, apply your trade um, where you're wanted. And if you're not wanted somewhere, um, you should be able to move. But um, mm-hmm. that's not that's not the the case at the moment. All right. And lastly, strength. I uh, don't really have a question there, but uh, I just explain the strength part as well, the pillar. Yeah, that's just working together with the lead to create, you know, a strong um, set of standards that, you know, one will improve the product on the field just because the livelihood of the players are better. Um, and and two, just get people excited to play this game even more than they already are in this country. Um mm. You know, when the when the players are, are taken care of and, and are content, um, their their play will will reflect that. So, right. Guys, I want to touch a little bit on last year, and not get into the details too much. But last year, right, the two teams, the LA Guiltinis and the Austin Gilgronies, both owned by the, the the same person at the time, they were dropped by the league. You know, there seemed to be some. The lack of communication around what was going on. Um, you and your family, you know, you guys are right in the middle of it. I believe you and your wife were expecting a child at the time, so you guys are certainly feeling the full effects. Uh, it, it seemed like the public perception, because a lot of players were vocal about it uh, on social, that players and kind of families were left without maybe some housing or, or medical care. It, in an ideal world, with MOR recognizing the union, the players union, what would you have liked the league to have done then, or what could they have done differently, or what you what do you hope unionization efforts will help do to prevent something like that moving forward? Yeah, and it was it was a pretty you know hairy situation, but um, the wor- the worst part of it was just the lack of communication. Um, 
us at least in Austin, we didn't know what was going on um, for months. Uh, we didn't know if there was going to be a team again in Austin. We didn't know if there was going to be a new team in Austin. We didn't know um, if we were going to get shipped off to other teams. We couldn't negotiate with other teams. Um, so we were kind of stuck and just at the whims of whatever the league decided. And, you know, for me, I'm really fortunate that I landed in Chicago, um, a city that's close to home for me. And it worked out for me, but there were a lot of guys that had to retire. Um, there's a lot of guys that took massive pay cuts because, um, they couldn't negotiate a contract and, um, yeah, it was, it was mostly the, the lack of communication and, and leaving it to the end and leaving the players without any power over where they go, um, and where they go to do their work. So, um, uh, I guess the league, it was a situation that, you know, hasn't happened before, but, um, just communicating with the players. Um, and hopefully if um, the league will recognize us, we'll work to put um, safeguards in place to, to, to where that, that process can't happen again the way it did. Sure, sure. So just just, just to play devil's advocate here, wh- what would you say to some folks who may say, hey, look, MLR is still so early in its growth and that it has bigger problems to deal with right now than worrying about players wanting to come together and get a union. What, what would you say to to that i'd say that the quicker that the union is recognized the quicker that you know the league becomes legitimized um there's a lot of studies that show that um league revenues grow after they voluntarily recognize um the players unions um it'll be a lot stronger league if the players are on board and the last thing we need is is the players and and the and the league and owners just butting heads over this um we're not making, you know, astronomical asks. We just want to work with the league and we want to have a voice. Um, and this is the way to do that. Are they are, are they not even talking, Bryce? I mean, I, have there been any conversations at all? I know maybe at least a year ago there was nothing. Um, I mean, is it, if it's it, – it's got to be a financial thing for MLR. That's just from, coming from me, obviously. But have there been any discussions at all? There has been a couple calls, a couple Good. calls. So that's, you know, the progress we've made is we have, you know, spoken now. Um, they know we exist and yeah. uh, they recognize that we exist. But um, since the campaign is launched, we haven't had any um, any response yet. Hmm. Bryce, are you, um, you know, if you look back and I'm sure you and, and the folks at the USRPA have looked at this, you know, the historically in, in other leagues and other unions, players that have kind of like stepped forward and fought for labor issues for themselves have taken a stand and owners and, you know, and, you know, executives at the league have kind of basically said, hey, we're not dealing with this player anymore. Do, do any of those like concerns enter your mind that like, hey, by like stepping, not stepping out necessarily, but like raising my voice on these issues on behalf of other players that I could potentially be jeopardizing my employment with my current MLR club? Uh, look, I'd be lying if I said those those thoughts haven't crossed my mind, but this is this is something that has to be done and someone's got to stand up and I'm lucky to have, you know, members from every team stand up, you know, we're all in this together and it's got to be done, so um it's 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 bigger than that. It's bigger yeah. than me. So um, it's important. So I have to do it. Got it. Got it. I'm, and I'm 
I'm quoting here, and, and so and this will lead into a question, but we are the recognized collective bargaining representative for the players on the United States national team. I believe that's part of the, the mission statement for USRPA, but mm-hmm. the, the players union, would this union cover every professional player or is it just those in the U.S. player pool? So, for, for example, like a guy like Billy Meeks, right? Austra- mm-hmm. He's Australian. Mm-hmm. Would he be part of the players union no matter if he's U.S. You know, domestic or, or foreign? One hundred percent. This is for anyone playing professional rugby in the United States, whether you're from, you know, whether you're from the U.S., whether you're from Mexico, whether you're from England, whether you're from wherever. It doesn't matter. If you're playing professional rugby here, that's you are within the union. Got it. Got it. And I think you mentioned earlier that the, the USRPA, you guys are recognized or have a, have a seem to have a pretty good relationship with USA Rugby. Yes. Yes, we are hopefully working towards a collective bargaining agreement um, soon. You know, USA Rugby's had a lot a lot going on um, <laughs> over the past few years, um, and we have worked together through through this time. They, we became the recognized collective bargaining agent, um, I want to say, in 2017 or 18. Um, so we've worked together since then. Um, but, you know, we haven't finalized any collective bargaining agreement yet but that is is in the works got it, got it. so then say say you don't get anywhere with mlr saying that in the near future at the end of this season going into the next season what what are kind of the the next steps to like move it along i suppose well the next step is we go to the national labor board and we run an election um and then we get 50 plus one percent of the players and then it's done um so hmm. it's a lot easier route um, for the league and for us if we go through voluntary recognition. Um, but we're we're prepared to to run an election if if we need to. So, um, yeah, that's that's kind of where we're at. And, and overall, Bryce, how can fans get involved and in, and in support the cause? Yeah, they can go to uh, rugbyunionnow.com. Um, sign up. We'll be sending out newsletters. Um, you can donate to the cause as well. Um, and then just share share our stuff and player stories and what's going on on, on social media. Um, yeah, that's it, really. Nice, nice. You know, I was looking at the um, USRPA's group licensing program earlier today. Actually, Fitz, this is probably a good question for you. Um, but for Bryce first, um, how are sales on Amazon going for the Bryce Campbell USA shirt? <laughs> you know, they're trickling along, you know, slow and steady. Hey, all right. Slow and steady. When's the, when's the game, man? Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah it's all right. I, 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 and no offense, Bryce, I bought a, a Perry Baker shirt just because it matches my last name. That's all right, man. Uh, he's an awesome, awesome person, <laughs> awesome player. I will not judge you for that. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Bill, can I, uh, can I tell a quick story that's related to the USA, USR please, please. program? Yeah, 2019 Rugby World Cup. If you may remember, <clears throat> Tom Brady uh, sent out a message in support of South Africa. He, he's, mm. you know, he was like, yep. good luck, Springboks. And everyone was like, Tom, like, what are you doing? You, Typical you know, the Tom US... Brady stuff. Yeah. Right. <laughs> right. He probably just watched, you know, what, Invictus or whatever. But, um... <laughs> so, so at the time, this is when the, when the, the group licensing program was coming together. And uh, Nate Ebner was on the Patriots at the time. And we called up his marketing rep and we were like, hey, would Nate, you know, would he support the the program? And oh, by the way, can you let Nate know that, like, hey, 
straighten Tom out, right? Because he's got to support USA. <laughs> typically, typically to get Tom Brady to appear in any type of video, it's going to cost you a lot of money. I won't give out the price, but it's pretty high. So Nate was like, yeah, of course, send me some shirts. I'll do it. Like, no problem. No big deal. Like, he was going to do a video. So we had no idea what he was about to do. And then, of course, you know, the lo and behold, he comes out a couple of days later with him. He filmed the video. He's showing the short, the shirts, back the boys, 2019 Rugby World Cup. And of course, he pans over, and there's our boy Tom Brady mm-hmm. saying, LFG, let's freaking go. Then <laughs> yeah. It was awesome. Yeah. I remember so, sitting in, I remember sitting in, uh, where were we? Kobe, I think, in Japan. Yeah, and we got shown this video. Yeah, was, I do remember that now. <laughs> <laughs> and to go full circle, when 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 Blaine scored, I want to say was that um, Uruguay? Is that your no? Um, I'm getting this mixed up. Uh, at the World Cup. Yeah, at the World Cup. Ar- was it Argentina? The Grover uh, one. Well, it was the one where he did like the Gronk smash or the Gronk spike yeah. score. It was like it's perfect. This is like a Patriots Rugby World Cup. It was it just yeah. it tied everything neatly together, so nicely. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Hey, yeah, you know, <laughs> yes. Hey, speaking, of, yeah, yeah. speaking of Blaine, real quick, I, I just we got a couple more questions for you, Bryce. We'll let you go. Um, we we were discussing not, not with you, but discussing earlier about um, your days with London Irish, whatever else. And, and one thing that came to mind was. Um, you know, you're only there for a couple of years between the championship and premiership side of London Irish, but there hasn't been a lot of U.S. born uh, backline players over in Europe. You know, Threaten Palamo was in Pro 12, Blaine Pro 12 at the time, Chris Wiles premiership. Um, why not? I mean, we've got some powerful centers over here. What's going on? Why don't we get more over there? That's a good question. I mean, part of it is, you know, now the MLR is here and, yeah. um, you know, it's it's a great competition. Um, but that's a good question. Um, I'm not sure. We've got we've yeah. got loads of talent. Um, I guess there's just more more options for playing here now. Um, and yeah, I mean, and is I guess, that I guess as a yeah. USA team, we probably haven't performed, you know, great over the past couple of years. Mm-hmm. Um, and when the national team plays well, more people get eyeballs on them. Um, you know, before I. Um, but was lucky enough to go over to London Irish. Um, I think it was our year we we had only lost to Ireland. I think um, we won like ten games. So you know, everyone looks better when when your team's winning. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. I mean, is that the, so? You mentioned is that the state that Major League Rugby right now is that? I mean, you, you know the differences between training with the European side and a, and a MLR side. Um, I guess being home, staying home in your homeland as a player sounds good. Although some people mm-hmm. still want to travel and experience, which is great also. But mm-hmm. uh, is, is there a big difference in the training environments between the two? Um, yeah, I would say yeah. so. Just more in terms of the amount of staff that, you know, a team, like at least when I was at London Irish, the amount of coaches you had, the amount of trainers you had, and just the average quality and skill set of, of the players. Um you know, we've got all the physicality and athleticism in the world over here. Like, there's no doubt about that. But on just a general knowledge of the game and, and skill set across the board, um, it's just on a different level. You know, we'll get there, um, but uh, it's just not there yet. So, right. Um, but we'll get there. Yep. So, Bryce, I want to talk a little bit about men's Eagles real quickly. A couple questions. So, you became Eagle 497 when you made your debut for the U.S. in November 2016 against Romania. What is your 
favorite memory from running out there in that first match? Putting first on match. an Eagles, putting on it, putting on an Eagles jersey. Um, man, I guess just I just remember like just trying to run as hard as I freaking can. Um, but <laughs> I'd gone from you know I was playing at Indiana University, um, played for the USA Selects, and then went um, got called up for the Eagles. Played the week before against the Maori, but for the first, you know, re- real test, um, it was just like it was like an out of body experience. Um, you know, I was playing alongside Threaten in that game, which is mm-hmm. incredible. Um, but you know, it was it was a pretty packed stadium. I just remember, you know, just catching the ball and running as hard as I could, and so <laughs> whatever. Um, that's it, really. <laughs> so Bryce, you'll be you'll be in your mid thirties, thirties or so when the US hosts the Rugby World Cup in twenty thirty one. I know that's down the line a little bit, but for you is the goal to to be able to put on a men's Eagles jersey for that twenty thirty one rugby world cup. I'd love to be able to do that. Um yeah. yeah, I mean that that is a goal of mine. Um a lot of things gotta go right, but that's that's what I'm gonna try my best to do is to stick around as long as I can. And uh, if that's the final one, then that'd be awesome. <laughs> be really, really awesome. But um, there's a lot of good, good American talent coming through, and it's, it's definitely mm-hmm. not going to be easy. Um, so I'm just looking forward to to getting back to work and putting my hand up to get selected. And um, I think you know, with Scott coming on, a lot of good things are going to happen here soon, and it's going to be really cool to see us build as a country. You know, uh, before the show, I was mentioning the the pool uh, player pool announcement that came out. And I mentioned Ben Landry back. Um, it's great to see uh, a lot of veterans on this list, especially like Ben. He's playing so well, you know, healthy, having a great year with Seattle, um, and some new guys in there too. I mean, I'm look, I'm you know, I'm, I'm sure you've seen the list, obviously, but you've got to be excited about this list. Yeah, yeah, and I, I love Ben. Ben and I were really close. Played back in Glendale together back in the day. Mm-hmm. Um, our wives are really close. Um, our babies are very close in age. So uh, it's it's, it's going to be great to have Ben back in the Eagles jersey, hopefully. Right. Did you ever think you'd make the Sports Center top 10 highlights 2016? I mean, I'm sure you've heard this question a few times, but it's pretty cool. <laughs> I don't know. I, I like whoever thinks completely so. caught off guard. I remember just waking up the next day to a bunch of messages because um, I didn't know what had happened. Uh, yeah. But now we got to get some more guys up there. There's, yeah. there's definitely a lot of deserved plays, probably a lot more so than the one I had <laughs> that uh, should have been on the top ten between then and now. Um, oh, come on. That's just right right place, right time. I mean, I know you're married and all, but uh, that, that had to have been a nice conversation in the bar. Like someone, you walk up to somebody, hey, I'm a, how you doing? I'm a professional rugby player. And they say, so? I was on sports in his top ten. No way. <laughs> <laughs> That's got to be it. <laughs> <laughs> all right well anyway <laughs> i like that's your question Bill. <laughs> <laughs> so you know what i think that's a great time to end the show what do you think <laughs> hey seriously though uh, bryce thank you so coming on um uh, good luck this season with chicago rest of the season uh, you. usa this summer and also um really good luck with this with the unionization with mlr we're really uh, behind you thank you so much bill and thanks it's always a pleasure all right buddy have a uh, good good luck this weekend Cheers. Cheers.
All right, all. Thanks for tuning in. We uh, great conversation about the uh, the uh, the unionization of MLR with uh, Bryce Campbell from Chicago Hounds, USA Rugby um, captain, center. Um, some really interesting stuff in there. Fitz, I'm gonna I'm gonna put you on the on the, on the uh, what do you want to call it? the hot seat for a second. What stood out for you? Yeah, I think um, when he talked about you know when we asked him you know like does this does the rugby union now the campaign that the USRPA has put out. You know, we asked him, does it have broad support of the players across the mm-hmm. league? And he said yes. Um, yeah. So I think, you know, it's not just, you know, one or two or three guys saying, hey, this is what we need to do. But, you know, when he said the, the vast majority, I think the number was up around 75% said, yeah, let's do this thing. So I think that I think that there's the strength in, in the collective group. And then the other question, too, is just, you know, the just the history of, you know, sports unions, you know, and, you know, I'm not going to get into the politics of it, but a lot yeah. of players over the years in other, in other sports have had basically been, you know, blackballed from their, their sport from pursuing, profe- you know, from pursuing, yeah, that's a good question. Playing the sport yeah. at the highest level, you know, any concerns about saying, hey, look, you know, some team may not want to take you on because maybe you're seen as a nuisance. And he was like, no, nah, this is something bigger than, than, than me. And, this is important if we want to grow the league together with MLR. And I think that's the key thing there, wherever your politics may be. It's just like, hey, we all want this to grow together. And there's certain safeguards and things that need, need to be put into place to help players make this a true career for them, right? So they don't have yeah. to make the hard choice of, hey, I want to play professional rugby, but you know, I've got this job all offer over here and I got to think about my family. So hopefully we get to the point where they can say, hey, I want to play professional rugby and I got the money. Yeah, I think to be able to do it. So yeah, that's yeah. what stood out for me. Yeah, I mean, there's no reason not to believe what Bryson is saying, but it's it's hard to believe that the league isn't even trying to talk, or you know, or or listening to him and trying to work this out. It's it's crazy. I think that they wouldn't be doing that. And again, I I, I believe Bryce with this whole thing, obviously. Um, but and part of me is like, okay, it's a financial thing. You know, are they are is the league scared? That it's going to set them back, you know? Are they already strained with money? Is, it, is are they worried yeah. about that? Otherwise, why why wouldn't they get involved in this? Why wouldn't they do any work with the, the program? I don't know. Work I feel like the le- I think yeah. I feel you know all these negotiations can be a leverage thing. And what's the what's the incentive right now for the the, the, the owners to come to the table right now? Like maybe they're thinking, hey, let's see how far we can punt this till the season is over. Let's have a successful championship shield in Chicago. And, mm-hmm. You know, hey, can they actually like get enough of the players together? Because it's hard to get, you know, a few hundred players together to try and agree on a couple of things. Uh, yeah. And then if if the threat of you know going to the National Labor Relations Board to say, hey, we're forming a union, that's serious. Then that that changes the game a little bit. I feel like the leverage goes back to the players trying to get unionization efforts together. Then that's probably what's going to bring the owners to the table to be like, okay, all right, this is serious. Let's sit down and chat this work this out yeah you know part of me was hoping when you asked him um you know what's next if they don't bite if nothing happens within the next year or whatever what happens i was really hoping you say well i guess we're going on strike <laughs> well you know he didn't say that and i think that's no he didn't right yeah no. because i think a strike yeah. would be catastrophic it would it would it would and, and i think they, they realize yeah they kill themselves yeah. Yeah, and I think the owners also know that too, right? I, I, also, I think the owners could be like, well, there's no way they're going to strike because then this will just kill it for everyone. So, oh, you know, right, yeah. it would be fun to watch all of this. And again, I think it's it's good for, for the league and for the players to try and come together and figure this out. And again, we all want this to grow. Otherwise, you know, what are we going to do at 9 o'clock on a, on a, on a Wednesday night, though? I guess I could be reading the book, but... I could be in bed. <laughs> <laughs> 
All right, man. All right, Fitzy. Thanks. Uh, awesome job today. Uh, great questions. Um, you know, uh, also, thanks, Phil, for listening in. Great job. Uh, I'm sorry we didn't give you a chance to ask questions. Uh, but Bryce is amazing. And then at the last second, uh, you know, Jason joined us. Sorry, Jason. We're just wrapping up already. Um, but great stuff from Bryce Campbell. If, you, if you're just tuning in late, 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 check out the podcast tomorrow. Uh, we'll get it out as soon as we can. Some really good information there from Bryce about this, about uh, Rugby Union Now. And if you want to support or check out any more, any more information about Rugby Union Now, go to RugbyUnionNow.com and check it out. Uh, thanks all for tuning in and uh, check us out next week. Have a good weekend, everybody. Hey, listener, we really appreciate you tuning in to these replays of Twitter Spaces U.S. Rugby Happy Hour Live. Please like, subscribe, or follow, and leave us a five-star review that helps get these shows in front of more and more listeners. Now, what are you waiting for? Go check out the other shows.